Are you ready? It's time to separate the men from the boys. And get down to the business of sport right here on the world famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to Park for May on the Ginger's Perspective. And it has been a fantastic week. Moto3 world champion, South Africa's very own Brad Binder has been in the country. And what a reception he got at the airport. I must say it was even bigger than the Springboks when they got back. And the Proteas, who were back later on after Brad. Joining me as always, the editor of Ride Fast magazine, Rob Portman. Rob, it was a great reception for Brad. And it's really cool to see the South African sort of motorsport fans coming out in their droves, coming to see the world champion. Uh, yes, yeah, you're 100% right. It was it was epic. That's pretty much the only word that you could put with it. And that standing with, with Sharon and Trevor at the airport and... You know, we were talking about everything that was, that's happened and everything that's going on now, and it was emotional. It was emotional to see the amount of support that he had. Um, you know, a couple of years, I've been going to the airport every year since since 2009, <laughs> watching him come back, and you know, just being us standing there. And uh, so to have to have everyone there, it was uh, it was it was tear jerking. It really was. It was amazing. Uh, even though he was very professional and, and, and kept it very professional, but I'm sure there were, there were tears building up in the eyes there because, like you said, it, it, was, it was like welcoming back a South African hero that's done things for years and years and years. Never mind just just the one year that he did it this year, and uh, just shows you how many how many people that he's touched, and it's it's an incredible achievement, and, and a big thank you to everyone who came out and and made him and his family feel so special on what they've done. How do you feel? I mean, you've been around Brad since he was a little boy. I mean, you've you've followed his career. You've kept an eye on him. And, I mean, all those hard years, the times on the tracks from the karting through to all the things he's been through, the traveling. I mean, how do you feel? You must be very proud of this this guy. I mean, he's only 21, so his career is still ahead of him, but he's he's done so much in, in such a short space of time. Yeah. It is, it's weird because... When I was at Valencia walking around with Brad and seeing all the attention, even here, that all the attention that he gets, and I'm sure a lot of the other racing guys that he's mates with here will say, to to, him, to us, he's just Brad, you know, he's not, it's kind of weird thinking of Brad as this, this world champion, but, you know, all those those nights of, of getting calls and emails at 1, 2 in the morning saying, please, I need a, you know, a, a sponsorship proposal drawn up, or I need my Facebook header changed, or I need my website done, or I need my bio done to send to the sponsor. You know, all those times when, you know, there were a couple of times where I had to really bite my tongue, and, and because it was getting a bit <laughs> annoying at, at some stages, to be honest. But uh, I knew I, there was a bigger picture. I knew that one day I would be involved and, and, and part of something special, and that, that happened this year. It's happened over the last couple of years. Um, you know, I've been so proud of him from from the first time that he went overseas. I've been extremely proud of Brad and and Darren as well. I look at them not only as friends but as brothers. I I really do. And every time they do something special, I I, I have a warm and fuzzy feeling because I feel like I'm part of that something special. And just the evening that we had with Brad on on Wednesday night at uh, on Tuesday night, sorry, at Ridgeway, and the amount of support and attention and work that he gave us that night to all the Ride Force magazine readers and, and the Rad Motor customers that we had on present. You know, I just, every 
time I went to him and said, okay, bud, you can go have a rest now or if you want to leave, leave. And it just, in in, uh, in words that I can't use on this podcast, told me <laughs> to, go, to go elsewhere, uncle. So, so I left him and he, he got to every single person that was there. He got to a photo, an autograph of every single person. I went to Rim and Rubber the following night. He got to photo and photograph of every single person. So I'm a very proud man when, when, I, when I look at Brad Binder and... and and, and um, I'm just so privileged and honored to be a part of it and for the future, especially for, for Darren, because there's big things coming from him as well. But both boys, Moji, 2020, I'm, 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 I'm hoping we'll have both <laughs> Binder brothers in MotoGP and on the podium. I have no doubt we will see the Binder brothers dominating. Mark, this, mark these words from Rob Portman. He says... MotoGP in the future, both binders on the podium. We will savor that moment, Rob, when it does happen. But, I mean, I've been in broadcasting close on 15 years now, and there's not many 21-year-olds with that following, with that achievement, who are as grounded and as mellow as Brad Binder. It was absolutely fantastic to see. And when I interviewed him on Tuesday, just after he touched down, he spoke about a lot of things and uh, one thing that came across is this passion for the sport man I am blown away by this youngster who is so hungry to improve and so humble at the same time it's awesome it is absolutely he's the perfect poster boy for motorsport in South Africa you're 100% right the saying pretty much said is spot on it's the first South African motorsport and for any youngster um, looking at becoming the next Brad Binder or getting into motorcycle racing, Brad Binder and Darren seem to be are the perfect guys to look at. And Sheridan did so much for the sport. You know, he went overseas and took the South African nation with him as well and grafted so hard and really has gone through tough times, hasn't quite had the same success as the Binder boys and that. But he's really he really helped pass that way for Brad and Darren to get there. So And it was awesome to see on the evening that we had that... Uh, Brad kind of paid tribute to, to Shez and all the hard work that he's done. So that was awesome to see. But John, touching on, on racing is his life. That's exactly it. One of the youngsters in the crowd on Tuesday night asked him, so Brad, does, does racing interfere with your life and what, what? And he said, no, racing is my life. I will wake up every morning to race a motorcycle as fast as I can to become world champion. That is my life. And he got the biggest applause I've ever heard in a, in a room in my life. So... Like you said, the passion and the drive and the ambition out of the guy and still being able to stay as humble and as genuine and as passionate and as, uh, you know, he's just an amazing kid. And it's, he really is not only a poster boy for South African motorsport, but for the human race kind of in general. It really is. Yeah, top individual. I caught up with Brad. This is what we talked about. Brad, thanks very much for your time. What is it about the sport that you love so much? You know, to pinpoint one thing exactly is quite difficult. But, um, you know, I think it's it's just constantly doing something I love and trying to get better every single time I get on the bike. And, uh, you know, it seems to be the, the harder you work, the better the results are and everything, uh, everything just becomes better after that. So, you know, I think that just makes me almost work a little bit harder and it makes things a lot more fun. How satisfying has the season been for you, considering how much years of, of blood, sweat and tears and injuries you put in? Yeah, this year has been amazing. Um, I did, Honestly, it went a whole lot better than I could have ever imagined. Uh, obviously, my goal was to win the World Championship, but when I ended up winning it with four races to go, 
it was definitely a bit overwhelming and it didn't feel real at the time. But, you know, every day it seems to settle in a little bit more and, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I mean, life's good, so I try to keep it this way. How tempting was it to uh, go and take the jump to MotoGP? Ah, you know, I, I'm, I believe you need to do everything step by step. You know, um, there's no need to go chuck yourself in the deep end. <laughs> you know, I think it, at the end of the day, you've got to go to Moto2 and you've got to learn what you need to learn there. And you've got to make, make, a, make the step, you know. And uh, once you've done that and you've accomplished something in Moto2, then you try MotoGP. But to go straight for me is crazy. Lance was asking you about how you tested the new bike and, and Moto2 and just give us a, an idea of how different it is compared to your, your Moto3 bike. Well, I mean, if you just say the weight, it explains a lot. My current bike is 86 kilos and the new one's like, I think, 148 or something. So to throw the new bike around is uh, definitely a lot harder and I've probably got a prob about another close to 100 horsepower to play with. So... That's, it's good fun. I mean, I, I really, really enjoyed the Moto2 bike. Every time I went out, I improved a little bit. And uh, it's almost like a bit of an addiction. Every time you go out, you just want to get that little bit better. And uh, I think if I can just keep making these small steps, hopefully one day we can be on the top in Moto2 as well. Tell us about the injury. You said there's obviously a little bit of tendon damage from the bike landing on it. Uh, how long do you, do you expect to, to be out for in terms of the rehab? How much work needs to be done? Is there any effect to, to the bike itself? You know, I, it was it's really hard work on the Moto2 and I could feel like by the end of the first two days I had my arms were pretty dead and my hands too. And uh, now with... I really plan on coming home and training really hard and building more muscle and obviously getting a bit fitter and stronger. But unfortunately, this has put a bit of a damper on it. But at the end of the day, it's still a long time till the first race of the season. Uh, I don't know exactly how long it's going to take to fix it all, but I would imagine maybe six weeks' time I can start training properly again. Let's talk about South African Motorsport. You mentioned that it's on high, that it's improving all the time, and, and you've just taken it that step. Do you feel that? What you do out on the track sometimes is, is to help South African motorsport in a way? You know, it's not, obviously that's not what I think about, but it's one of the, the things that maybe happen due to the better results. And uh, with it working that way, I mean, it's incredible. Um, you know, I, I'd love to see more South Africans on the world stage, and uh, they seem to be coming slowly. So... Yeah, I hope in a few years' time there's a there's the same amount of South Africans as Spanish or Italians in MotoGP. Last one from me. Going forward now for you, Moto2, you've got the three-year deal. What is the long-term plan from you? I know it's to get into MotoGP and to be a MotoGP world champion, but it's going to be a season-by-season thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't really think about the future too much. If you think about the future too much, you don't really take advantage of what you're doing today. So my goal is just to stay focused on what I have at hand. And like I said earlier, just try to build into it step by step. And uh, hopefully we can do it well enough to get to the point where I can win another championship. So there you have it, Rob. I mean, you can hear, you know the guy, you know probably better than he knows himself. But it's quite exciting in a way that he's willing to say, OK, I'm going to take one season to learn and the next season, I'm going to try and dominate. And I mean, that's going to be very difficult for him because 
He's tasted success in Moto3. Moto2 is a different kettle of fish. His team has even told him, don't even think about top 10 in the opening few races. That's where he's very mature. That's maybe where Darren needs to learn a bit of maturity because Darren will go out there and say, I'm going to go and win. And if I land on my head, so be it. So, <laughs> the difference between the two for now, obviously Darren's you know, is still very young and uh, Brad was doing the same thing when he was Darren's age. But speaking to Brad a lot more now that he's here about the Moto2 testing and that, and he said, yeah, it's, it's, it's been difficult. The first time out on the bike was very hard. Uh, he's got a lot of adjustments to do in his riding style. The bike's not as good as he thought, not from the KTM chassis or um, white power suspension side, but more from the, the gearbox and engine because we forget that it's a production-based bike. It's, it's, it's a road engine and gearbox that they're using those bikes. So he's come from this you know, factory-built limited edition Moto3 bike that's built to go racing to pretty much a production bike with slightly better components in suspension and stuff. So battled a lot with the gearbox. It's, it's been a big adjustment for him. And so there's a lot of things that him and the team need to tweak in that. And he knows next season is going to be a heck of a challenge. But, um, you know, he had eight seasons or seven seasons in Moto3 of a challenge. And, and look where he came out. So yeah. he learns a lot from that. He's a world champion. He's, he's mentally and physically strong enough now. Well, not at the moment with a broken arm, but he'll get there. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, he knows what he's got to do next year. Next year is about him and the team learning and uh, mounting a challenge in, in 2018 for that title. But uh, take 2017 to learn the ropes, to get everything sorted, and, and attack 2018. How, how bad is that arm? I saw he posted on Instagram that it's healing up nicely, but he did allude to the fact that there was some tendon damage. I mean, we know, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a bigger, more powerful bike. There's going to be a lot more strain on the arms, you know, the arm pump factor, that sort of thing. I mean, obviously, the rehab has to take its course, but is there a bit of concern, especially going into the start of the season next year? There was on the day that he landed, um, straight from the airport, he went to go see um, a doctor out in the West End where he stays, and that doctor wasn't 100% um, confident of, of the work that had been done in his arm, and there were some, um, some question marks kind of thing. But I know Brad did go... Uh, this morning to go see the same doctor again to get checked up. I haven't spoken to him on that again. But when I chatted to him last night, he said um, he's got a lot more of the feeling back in his stomach. It's feeling a lot better. That's so good. I think the general concern was, you know, the kid literally broke his arm, had a day in surgery, two days later, hopped on a plane, flew back to South Africa, had the whole airport thing, had the event with us, had been doing Red Bull events and other various <laughs> events. So, you know, I think it's just, the heal time. I think you yeah. know, the more that the, the he relaxes, the more the body relaxes, the, the better it's going to feel. So at the moment, nothing too serious um, that will that will really hamper him for next year. No. Okay, that's great news. That's great news. January, I think the end of Jan, they start with their testing again. So exciting times. So we'll have to wait and see. Rob Portman, thanks very much for your time. We're going to leave it there. This has been Park for May, and I suppose we can call it the Brad Binder edition. Rob, thanks for your time.